This week on Talking Central Arizona Sports, a look back at the Bradshaw Mountain baseball season. Hello everyone, my name is Torrance Dunham and welcome to a weekly podcast catching you up on the latest with Central Arizona sports teams. Part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 podcast network, the show features game previews and recaps along with interviews with coaches and players and much more. This week's show takes a look back at the Bradshaw Mountain baseball season. Bradshaw Mountain baseball was coming off a remarkable season in 2022 in which the team went 16-2 overall and 11-1 in the region to win their second region title in three years. But the Bears couldn't get past Saguaro in the first round of the playoffs. With a roster full of experienced seniors, with more than three quarters playing in their last year for Bradshaw, the Bears were looking to achieve even more than in 2022. And boy did they. The Bears, after losses to Paradise Honors and Saguaro to open the season in early March, wouldn't lose again until a month later to Flagstaff, which would be their last loss of the season until the playoffs. The Bears went 15-3 overall and 11-1 in the region for a second year in a row, repeating as region champions. The Bradshaw Mountain offense was electric scoring more than 10 runs in 13 of their 15 wins in the regular season. The pitching was just as dominant, allowing more than three runs in only two of those 15 wins. Couple of highlights of note in the regular season include back-to-back no-hitters in early April by Vinny Magdaleno and Nate Ramirez. Coach Brian Bundrick also won his 100th game as a coach during that span. The Bears also swept rival Prescott to end the season, which helped Bradshaw Mountain capture that region crown over Flagstaff, who also had a great season. The Bears entered the playoffs as the number 8 seed and beat number 9 seed Rio Rico 3-2 to move on to the next round against the number 1 team in the state, South Point Catholic. The Bears lost to South Point Catholic, but with the double elimination format that begins in round 2, Bradshaw Mountain season was still alive. The Bears clobbered number four Mesquite 15 to nothing to set up a rematch with South Point Catholic, and they were ready, not only getting revenge, but run ruling the top dog in the state 12 to 2. That put Bradshaw Mountain into the semifinal of the state playoffs, where they would lose to Canyon Del Oro in a heartbreaker 6 to 5. Canyon Del Oro would end up beating number two seed Saguaro 4-1 in the final to win the state championship. Joining the show to continue recapping the season of Bradshaw Mountain Baseball is head coach of the team, Brian Bundrick. Brian, how are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. A 15-3 overall record, multiple no-hitters, a second consecutive region title, a semifinal appearance, lots of accomplishments this season. Kind of a loaded question, but what are your thoughts on your team's season? Well, it was it was a fantastic run. Um, the kids were, you know, were primed and ready to play every day. Um, you know, fantastic kids. I, I've mentioned it before, completely selfless and, and ready to give all out for one another. Um you know, we fell a little short there in the 
semifinals and um you know it was heartbreaking but other than that it was a fantastic season we're all very proud of each other obviously that loss to Kenyon del oro in the semifinal what did you tell your team after the season came to an end we loved them that's it that's all we could tell them we were super proud of them we loved every one of them um you know there was no there was nothing to say we were so proud um the unfortunate thing about when seasons end is that there's typically you know well there's not typically there's only one um, extremely, you know, extremely happy team, and uh, it just happened not to be us on this day. And um, you know, they were fantastic kids raised by fantastic parents, and you know, we were just happy to be a part of it and uh, sad to see it end. What were some of your favorite moments this year with the ball club, either on or off the field? You know, it, to be honest, it, <laughs> it's so hard to name them, but you know, just being around the kids, you know, being in the in the being in the cages during work workouts and listen to them where they're not so stressed or not so serious, but laid back and, you know, telling funny stories at home and, you know, being around the kids and they're ribbing each other and, you know, and, you know, cause the rest of the time, to be honest, you know, like, you know, that you're always trying to remind them to have fun, but, to, but to be honest and, and be honest, I mean, to be honest with everybody, obviously I'm screwing this up, but, you know, there's days when it's just hard work, you know, and that's not fun. And so it's not always fun, right? We always try and some figure out how to have fun in it. But the fact is that there's days when it's just a lot of work and it's not so fun. So you remember the, the light moments when you're ribbing each other in cages or, or they're making fun of me, you know, or Dino. And those are the best times. But you know, all along the, the bus rides going to these last, you know, probably six or seven games were a blast. And you know, we went to Tucson twice, down to Mesquite, down to Phoenix. We were all over the place, and there was a lot of fun with the family, with, you know, being with the kids and their families. So obviously the season just ended a couple weeks back, but looking very far ahead. What excites you about this team next season? Well, to be honest, you may not even know about this, but actually last weekend you know i had three of my kids playing the all-star game and um you know elias via was the mvp and he narrowly beat out dalton um our other player on the team um nate ramirez was the winning pitcher so to be <laughs> to be quite frank it just ended like two days ago because we went back and you know competed some more with some of the teammates um and then next year you know we're going to reload we have some kids we obviously have some very good kids that are going to return um some kids that know how to win and some kids that know how to get after it, you know. Um, Vin, Vincent Magdaleno is about as tough as they get, you know. My center fielder, Shane, he's double tough and he's coming back, you know. And, and so we have some players that are going to set tempo for some of these younger players and make them go hard. So I, 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 we're going to be good. We're not going to be probably as talented as this year, um, and we're definitely going to be a lot younger. But, you know, one of the things that happens when you get teams like this and multiple years of playing the playoffs you get to where you expect to play in May. And so that's what we're working on now is getting the kids to make sure we play in May. And, you know, as, as a coach, what is it like to see some of these uh, kids that you've coached, some since freshman year, others since sophomore year? Uh, what is it like to watch these kids that you've coached through the levels uh, walk across that stage for graduation? What, what's that like for you? It's bittersweet, you know. Um, there are some kids that, you know that I've known way before they're in high school, and a lot of these kids I knew. Um, you know, Dino was coaching them for four or five years prior to them coming to high school, uh, so I, I had been aware of them and watched them play all the way through little league. So, you know, it's bittersweet. Obviously, you know, you got kids going to play college baseball, and that's exactly what we're working for. And you, I got, 
you know, I have another, you know, Keyshawn's probably going to be in the corrections officer or police officer here soon. These are dreams of his, so they become dreams of mine. Um, you know, watching these kids grow up is, is special, and losing them, you know, to the next level is obviously sad, but it's all part of it. We, we're all aware of it. You know, you lose, you shed a few tears, and you give lots of hugs, but, you know, all in all, you're excited for them. Brian, thanks for joining the show all season long, and uh, look forward to talking to you next spring. Hey, appreciate it, boss. Thanks for the coverage very much. Looking at some stats for the Bears, four players, Elias Avila, Josh Cazal, Andon Shefford, and Wes Collier, each had averages above 400 on the season, led by Avila's .481. That means he got a hit in nearly every other at-bat. Remarkable. Avila led the team with 30 RBIs and was also tied with Dalton Irwin and Cazal for the team lead in home runs, with three each. The leaders on the mound for the Bears this year were Magdaleno, who had an ERA under 1 at 0.85, followed by Thomas McLaughlin at 1.79 and Cazal at 2.23. A truly historic season for the Bradshaw Mountain Bears baseball team. Wrangler Rap and my thoughts on the release of DeAndre Hopkins are coming up. But first, while summer isn't technically here, school is out. And we all know summer break and the season itself goes by in a flash. So make sure you are ready when fall gets here. Because it'll be here before you know it. Give Yava Pipe Plumbing and Heating a call to make sure everything is looking good and you are ready when the leaves fall. All the info you need is at ypeinc.com. That's ypeinc.com. Welcome back to Talking Central Arizona Sports. It's time for Wrangler Wrap, recapping the previous game for Northern Arizona's own indoor football league team and looking ahead to what's coming up this week. Another tough week for the team from Prescott Valley, losing on the road to the Duke City Gladiators over the weekend, 47 to 40. Duke City jumped out to a 10-0 lead in the first quarter, but the Wranglers fought back with a 20 spot in the second quarter to send the game to half, trailing only by four. Duke City built on their lead in the third quarter, outscoring the Wranglers 13-7. The Gladiators opened the fourth with a touchdown to push the lead to 44-27. The Wranglers answered with a touchdown at the eight-minute mark to make it 44-33. But Duke City got some insurance for the field goal to make the lead 47-33. The Wranglers would add another touchdown with four minutes remaining, but that would be it, as the team falls to 5-4 overall. Garrett Kettle and Glenn Gibbons Jr. each scored a pair of rushing touchdowns for the Wranglers in the game, while Raymond Shioki had two receiving touchdowns. The Wranglers are back at home on Saturday to take on the Arizona Rattlers at the Finley Toyota Center in Prescott Valley. It's a big game for the Wranglers, as the Rattlers are tied with them for second place. The Rattlers beat the Wranglers earlier in May, 60-34 in Phoenix. As I do every week, I'll end the show by giving my thoughts on some state sports. You can't really fault the Cardinals for what happened with DeAndre Hopkins. The trade was great, as you didn't give up too much and got the Texans to take on all of David Johnson's contract. The first year was awesome which included that spectacular Hail Mary. The problem was, that was the best Hopkins would offer the Cardinals, who were paying him a boatload of money, from injuries to a PD suspension. Hopkins wasn't who he was that first year, and it's those reasons 
It went from us as fans wanting a first round pick for him, to him being straight out released. Thing was, teams didn't want the headache, at least not at that price, for a guy who might not be an elite receiver anymore. The cherry on top of the rough end was Hopkins making it seem like he wanted to stay in Arizona, only to go on a podcast and say he wants to play with a bunch of different quarterbacks around the league, with Kyler Murray not being on that list. A sad end to something that was so exciting to start. I'm Torrance Dunham, and this has been Talking Central Arizona Sports, part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 Podcast Network. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week as rodeo coverage begins.